Hello, and welcome back to the Dear Heart Podcast. I'm glad you're here with me right now. It is truly an honor and privilege to spend this time with you, to dive into God's Word, study who He is, and walk away refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened. Um, I get these things just as much as you, so it's just, it's just a privilege. So I'm so grateful um, you're here today with me. Now, I know Christmas season is upon us, and that means excitement is heightened, but also stress is heightened, anxiety is heightened, so many other painful emotions are heightened as well. So if you're feeling those, I encourage you to lean into that feeling, process what's bringing that up, and work through that emotion. Um, It hurts to work through that emotion, but it's so healthy and so important. We want to live our days wisely. We want to be the best versions of ourselves to serve others, love others well, and that requires working through some of our own stuff. So today, if you're kind of feeling a little funky, I encourage you to ask questions to yourself about what's going on and um, kind of peer into who you are and figure out how to walk towards healthiness today. All right. Without further ado, we're going to jump into our topic for today. It's called Abandoned. Our man of sorrows experienced abandonment just like we all have in various relationships, situations, etc. So I know this is a heavy topic, but I am so excited to dive into it with you. So without further ado, Fred, take it away. Matthew 27, verses 11 through 56. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate said to them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to have, and Jesus executed. Which of these do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do, then, with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and our children. 
Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him. They took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross, if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross. We will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all of the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine and vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest of them said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those with him were, that were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and explained, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of J James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Jesus was falsely accused. He was hated by huge crowds. 
The rulers, who were meant to defend the innocent and uphold justice, caved to the pressure of the crowds. He was beaten. He had a crown of thorns pressed into his skull and then was hit on the head over and over again with a staff. He was mocked. He was forced to carry his cross, a method of torturous death, towards Golgotha. He was crucified, two nails driven through his wrists, one nail driven through his feet. His death was on display for whole crowds to watch and mock him. And he was hung between two criminals. But that's not the worst of it. The most painful moment of the crucifixion happens in verse 46. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Jesus, our man of sorrows, endured unthinkable pain. So why was this the worst moment? Because it marked the separation between Jesus and his Father. God the Father poured out his wrath on Jesus, and Jesus was fully separated from God. Oh, the grief the Trinity must have felt in this break of relationship. Jesus willingly laid down his life. But he didn't deserve this death. It should have been our punishment. When God turned away from Jesus and abandoned him, it's because Jesus had taken our sin as his own. He stood in our place and took the wrath of God for our sin and purchased our freedom. Our sin should separate us from God. However, our man of sorrows traded his rightful place in heaven so that we can have peace with God. His forgiveness, which we experience daily, is not cheap. And it is not incomplete. It is full. It is lasting. It is overwhelming forgiveness, which God pours out on us, purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love that you looked down on us and chose to come, chose to take our place, die, overcome sin and death so that we can be free and we can have peace and we can find joy. Jesus, thank you for these gifts and so many more. We celebrate today the freedom, the peace, and the joy we have in you. Just we have overwhelming access to. Father, pour those things out on us today. We desperately need them. Amen. All right, a challenge for you today. Now, in Christianity, we sing a lot about the blood of Jesus, and we talk about how we're washed in his blood Now, this might seem a little strange and disgusting to people who don't believe in God, but I hope this devotional cements in your mind the great value of Jesus's blood, the incomprehensible burden he took that should have been our own, and the great gift he purchased for us through his blood. To God be the glory.